0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast featuring your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Join us in celebrating our double quinceanera episode, episode 30 of the 8311 cast, where we bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. While this is a very special episode because it is our 30th episode, it's also a very special episode because it'll be our last episode recording in 8311 studios uh, which is kind of sad, which leads me into letting all of you know that we are taking next week off and there will not be an episode next week. However, there will be episode 31 the week after that. So while we're talking about episode 30, what we're going to be talking about in the episode is uh, some horse racing, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, a little bit of Formula One, your weekly turtle tab, which leads us directly into the MLB segment along with our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions. So how do you guys feel about not being in 8311 Studios uh, for the next episode, and
1: thereafter? I mean, I've lived in 8311 for two years, I don't want to not live in 8311. I like 8311. But you're not you're not going to
0: be
2: here anymore.
1: I know. You asked how I felt about yeah. it. Yeah. And I said I'm not going to like it. That's fair. So I answered your question.
2: I, we're going to be in three separate states and true. one of us is going to be in a different time zone.
1: Yeah, we'll have to figure out how we're going to We're going to have to be very careful when we talk about that next year. We we that Kyle is going to be out east. Oh yeah, I forgot you're going out there. An hour difference. So if we say six o'clock, one of somebody's gonna have to know who's six o'clock it means.
0: We should just adopt uh, Greenwich Greenwich Mean Time.
1: Please no. Yeah, that's too many conversions. It's too much math for a Sunday night. Just minus five,
0: unless it's daylight savings time. it's too much math for
1: Sunday night. What? No. Yes, it is.
0: No, doesn't matter because this isn't po- is pot is <laughs> wow. This is not a podcast about math. This is a podcast about sports, and uh, this is the first time I think we have ever actually talked about horse racing as a sport.
2: I mean. Yeah, you're right, but there's only really one big race in a year. (laughs) I mean, there's three. There's the Triple Crown, but the first of them, the Kentucky Derby, uh, went down this weekend. And uh, if you didn't hear about it, there was a large controversy. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit just because I took the time to actually read into it because I was curious as to what happened. Uh, So... The Kentucky Derby happened and never before has a horse who crossed the finish line first not actually won the race. Uh so Maximum Security was the clear winner of the race winning by over like an entire horse length. Um but Maximum Security was disqualified after a 22 minute deliberation by the stewards who are the race officials. Uh the decision obviously had huge ramifications. This is uh Uh, far and above the biggest wagering race in North America and one of the most well-known races around the world. Uh, More than $6.2 million had been wagered on maximum security to win the race. I think that horse had five to one betting odds on winning the race. Um, And obviously when you win the race, especially a triple crown race like the Kentucky Derby or the Preakness Stakes or the Belmont Stakes, Uh, that horse's value is increased exponentially, uh, due to, or just for horse breeders because they want that bloodline. So they want to breed, uh, winning horses. Um, and another thing at stake is there was a $3 million purse for the winning horse as well. Uh, so what happened actually in this race? So the technical name for the foul that occurred in the race uh, is called race riding. So rate
1: that, that seems like a bad name. It's like, aren't you supposed to ride the horse and it's a race? That seems like a bad name for it. I'm not questioning that you're wrong. I'm just saying it seems like a bad name for it.
2: Apparently, us. they couldn't think of anything better.
1: I mean, that's why people don't watch horse racing.
2: Yeah. So the technical name for this foul, so it's a foul... Just like in basketball, you fouled. Uh, is called race riding. So race riding is essentially when the jockey is pushing the horse out of the uh, racing lane that they have already established into in front of another rider's uh, rider immediately to the side of them or right behind them to force them to slow up. Uh, this foul is only reviewed if an objection is filed. So an objection can be filed by the race stewards, the race officials. Or by other riders, other jockeys. So in this case, there were two jockeys who filed objections. Country House and Long Range Toddy. uh, And an objection was lodged on the turn home. So on the final stretch stating that Maximum Security and its rider drifted out of the lane. And impacted the progress of War of Will. And the two riders who lodged objections for this as well.
1: So basically... He cut off another horse and that's not legal? Is that yes, what you're saying? Yes, that
2: is. So he didn't really cut off the horse. He came over to a a distance that made it... The, the other jockey felt unsafe and felt that there would be a pileup if he continued on his path. So yes, he did cut him off. There was no contact or any collisions. If there is contact that results in a pileup, that is an automatic disqualification. But this one had to be reviewed. And like I said, it was a lengthy... Re- Uh, review just because of the stakes of this race Uh, so after 22 minutes the race officials did in fact decide that this had been a disqualification so uh, uh, maximum security actually didn't win the race and the horse that finished second was country house so country house came in second and being an entire horse length behind still won the race because of a disqualification the only other time a horse has been disqualified from an event was either, I, I believe, 1989, and that was due to a failed drug test, but that happened at, like a couple weeks after the race once the drug tests had finally come back through. So this is the first time that immediately following a race, a decision has been made that has impacted the outcome, but this is the first time that the actual winner of the race has been disqualified after the race's completion
1: interesting that I can imagine that there would be a lot of people who are very upset about that when they think they won their bet just to see it uh, turn into a loss their disqualification what you said like six million dollars or something
2: 6.2 million dollars was wagered um, by outsiders and obviously for the winning horse like the breeder the owner right. the jockey they lost their share of three million dollars as okay. a three as a purse
0: you could say so. that that bet was not a maximum security bet. Because they lost it, and what it, w- it wasn't secure. Yeah, but um. Tss. So this is why we need a last. This track. is why we need
2: no. We, we need we need a we need, a we need a button where we can go boo. We like the that was, the that that trash button on yes. a, like whose line or something. Yep, that's
1: what I was thinking of. That's
0: fair, but the thing is, a Drew Carey gets that button, and I feel like I am basically the Drew Carey of the eighty-three eleven cast. So no, therefore, I'm I would David have Drew the button. Of the eighty-three eleven. I you actually do something.
1: You are right. I don't. Yeah, you do. Nah, you're in charge of like the intro and the outro. That's not the a lot. It's very important.
2: But we don't have a point system, and well, we do have a write that down segment, and okay. those points do matter.
0: But <laughs> I guess that's the major difference between us and whose line is the points don't matter on whose line, but here they do.
2: You know where else the points matter? Where's that? In the NBA. Oh, why? And they score a lot of points. So Hundreds. there, there has been. Uh, so these, this. Uh, uh, round of the NBA uh, playoffs has been very exciting for multiple reasons, as there have been a lot of um, home court advantage games that have been won by the uh, away team, uh, so they have stolen home court advantage from teams, uh, when, especially when Boston beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee for the first game, but Milwaukee has since won the next two games, and they have taken away one of the home court advantage games from the Boston Celtics. So I just hopped right into the East, so obviously Milwaukee is up 2-1 in that series. Um Giannis has just been playing uh
1: Antetokounmpo.
2: Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo has been playing phenomenal basketball uh in the postseason and he continues to lead his Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton has the highest three-point shooting percentage in NBA playoff history right now. He is shooting well over 55% from the three-point line. Uh so he's almost a guaranteed uh, shot at least one out of two times when he gets an easy look from three. Uh, also in the East region, the or on the East East division, I guess, uh, the Toronto versus Philadelphia conference. season conference. The Philadelphia versus Toronto series has been tied at two games apiece. Uh, so that one has been split. Each team has won at the opposing team's home court. Uh, So the series after two games, Toronto and Philly were tied at one apiece as uh, Kawhi Leonard has finally been able to get some help and has been able to tie the series back up at two games apiece. Jimmy Butler has been the star for the Philadelphia 76ers as Joel Embiid has been limited in a capacity due to some lingering injuries that he's been dealing with. So that game is tied, and I believe it is headed back to Toronto for the next They game.
1: are the higher seed, so Game 5 should be in Toronto.
2: And now on to the Western Conference, where James Harden finally picked it up and had a 40-plus point game against the Warriors in order to get a game back. Golden State is now up 2-1 to in that series, as Houston looks to tie the series up uh, at two games apiece when they hit the hardwood tomorrow night. In Portland, uh, Portland had a chance to take a three-to-one series lead with their home court advantage in a game played on Sunday uh, today, as we are recording it. But Denver was able to even that series up. Nikola Jokic has been playing phenomenally, and so has Jamal Murray uh, for the Denver Nuggets. That series is tied at two games apiece. Uh, that game was in a went to a four-overtime thriller. In game three of that series, I don't know if any of you saw that or stayed up late enough since that game was played super late on the West Coast, Uh, but four overtimes is what that game went into, so look for that series to be very entertaining and a very tight series as it continues. That is your NBA update.
1: Nice. Nice. So just like the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs are also in their second round. And the NHL playoffs actually have one series complete already in their second round. The Carolina Hurricanes swept the New York Islanders in their uh, second round Eastern Conference series. So the Carolina Hurricanes are headed to the Eastern Conference finals in the NHL. And that's probably the best story in the NHL uh, at this point. Carolina was not a team that was expected to make the playoffs even be particularly good this year in the Eastern conference to, to see them uh, now be on their way to the Eastern conference finals is a really good story. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they will be able to uh, have any luck against the winner of the Bruins blue Jackets series, which we'll talk about here shortly, but that has been a really good story. They won a couple of close overtime or at least one close overtime game. We talked about that one last week and they just continue to dominate uh, ...as they're going forward. They've got all the momentum, so we'll see if they can keep it. Um, we have one series that's for sure going to a Game 7 in the Western Conference, the Stars and Blues. The uh, St. Louis Blues won again today on the road, which they've been really good at doing. I think I saw that they were 8-1 and one or something on the road. No, that can't be right. They've only lost one road playoff game this year. I don't know what the exact number of wins is, but they've only lost one road playoff game this year, which is a uh, pretty impl- impressive home ice advantage. There's actually a strategic advantage to being at home in the NHL where there isn't in other sports. So um, it's pretty impressive to be that, uh, that good in road games. So that game is headed to a game seven back in St. Louis. It'll be in t- that uh, to decide one representative in the Western Conference Finals. The other representative will either be the San Jose Sharks or the Colorado Avalanche. The San Jose Sharks currently lead that series 3-2 with Game 6 going to be played on Monday in Colorado. And the other series in the Eastern Conference that is not complete is the Bruins, who are up 3 games to 2 on the Blue Jackets, as I referenced earlier. So we'll have to see how those series go by, I guess, since we're not coming to you next week, Two weeks, we'll probably be midway through the conference finals, if not uh, under the Stanley Cup finals at that point. So uh, keep an eye on the NHL here over the next couple weeks because you won't have us provide you an update next week, but you should definitely see some good hockey, especially in these conference championship series as they go. Playoff hockey is one of my favorite uh, sports to watch, so I encourage you all to watch some playoff hockey. It's really good, especially overtime playoff hockey. is a ton of fun to watch. Especially Game 7. Hockey, right? And overtime game seven hockey. Yeah.
2: So since there is a game seven coming up between the Stars and the Blues, be sure to tune in and watch that game.
1: You should watch that game. One of my favorite sports memories is still Minnesota beating Colorado in an overtime of over a game seven in the first round. Nino Niederreiter scored in overtime game seven. One of my top sports he's, memories of all time.
2: He's like the only the only hockey player i really Me know no outside, need a writer. Of, outside of the likes of alex ovechkin and wayne gretzky wayne gretzky He's all the super popular well-known people from hockey so yeah
1: yeah hockey's fun watch playoff hockey go hockey why do you have some formula one stuff you'd want to inform us about what I happened do, actually, last week in formula one
0: so uh well nothing there wasn't a race oh
1: okay That's unfortunate. Um, Do they waste every other week on a consistent basis? It's not
0: consistent at all. It's been every other week for the past month, month and a half or so, but it's not that consistent uh, ever, actually. So the next race actually is next week when we're we're not coming to you, but we will give you an update on that race the week after that. It'll be on May 16th, I believe, next Sunday uh, at 8.10 is lights out, Central's time on ESPN2, which is also the same day as, as Mother's Day. So don't forget to get your mother a present on Mother's Day. But today in Formula One we're going to be talking about the differences between IndyCar and Formula One. It's a brief segment, and I think it's kind of interesting, because a lot of people either confuse the two or think they're wildly different. Which I mean, we're kinda of, kinda of hit the, the Goldilocks right in the middle between those two. Do you guys know kind of off the top of your head what a difference between IndyCar and Formula One would be? The cars are different. How? How so?
1: Uh, Something about a flap on the front.
0: (laughs) Kind (laughs) of, sort of. So Formula One races on, I mean, essentially a a Grand Prix track, right? So there's left and right turns. Um, There's two different types of tracks they race on, Um, an actual circuit. I mean, they're all circuit tracks, I suppose, but there's like a dedicated uh, circuit that they race on, but they also race on street tracks. Like Monaco is... um, a track in the middle of a city where they block off a lot of the roads and make those roads into a track, which is really cool. IndyCar does street races like that as well, but they also race on oval tracks like NASCAR does. And left turns the entire time.
2: Like the Indy 500.
0: Exactly, which is, you know, the pinnacle of the IndyCar season is the Indy 500. And the biggest difference to me anyway is the body styles of the two. So Formula One teams, constructors are basically given dimensions. Hey, your car has to fit within these dimensions They have to pass these tests, uh, like front wing deflection has to be less than five millimeters or uh, your rear wing can only be so tall or something like that. While IndyCar, each team is given just given a chassis to run with. They can't modify it in any really meaningful way. And there's two types of chassis. There's the ones for the streetcars where they make left and right turns, and there's a specific chassis just for oval tracks as well. Uh, So IndyCar kind of tunes their cars for the track they're racing, whereas Formula One is a little more unique where each team tries to do the same thing where they, they try to make everything for, for the track that they're racing on race the best as it possibly can, but they don't make drastic changes to the body like IndyCar does. That's one of the main differences to me. The second biggest difference is uh, actually kind of a similarity between the two. There's a special button on the steering wheel of each race car. The, that the difference is a similarity? It is. It, it, I'm getting there. Let me i me, give I'll me give a the second. benefit
1: of the doubt for a moment, and then i will kill you if you're wrong.
0: There's a button on the steering wheel of each Indy car and a Formula 1 car that a driver presses to go faster. That's a similarity. It's called like basically a push to pass a button. You press the button, and you get to pass whoever's in front of you. But the difference comes in how that button actually works. In Formula 1, <laughs> what happens is uh, it's called DRS, Drag Reduction System. They hit the button and a rear flap opens in their rear wing, which uh, decreases the amount of uh, drag that's on the car that allows the car to go faster, right? So it's an aerodynamic difference. Whereas the push to pass button on an Indy car, the driver presses and they get like an instant 60 brake horsepower increase in their power output for like 15 seconds or so. And... Did you see where I was getting at with, like, the similarity is a difference? Yeah, kind of. You
1: know, it, it kind of made sense. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But, but uh, those
0: are the kind of the two biggest differences between IndyCars and Formula One cars, in my opinion. They're both uh, single-driver-centered, open-spaced uh, Grand Prix cars. However, one is the pinnacle of motorsport, which is F1, and the other one's still super cool and fun to watch, which is IndyCar. Um yeah, that's the biggest difference between those two. Again, check out the Spanish Grand Prix next Sunday, May sixteenth. Where in
1: Spain is the Spanish Grand Prix?
0: Barcelona.
1: Nice. Is it a street track or? It not? is.
0: Okay. Uh, Barcelona is a. I said that, and it's not. I was thinking of Monaco. Monaco is a street track. I'm pretty sure Barcelona is a dedicated, a dedicated track. Okay.
2: Uh, Baku. The streets in Barcelona are very tiny. I have been there.
0: You've been to Barcelona? I
2: have. Barcelona? I, I saw La Sagrada Familia. It is like one of the oldest churches in the world. And they've been working on it for the longest time in like the history of the world. Interesting. It's been under construction for over a thousand years. Wow. It's still under construction.
0: Are you sure it's not like Ames, Iowa?
2: Everything's always under construction? that's As how Was I Ames, Iowa founded a thousand years ago Did though? Did you all see them
1: putting up a stoplight at the, the one yes, intersection there? At, Why between
2: Forker, like by Forker and the the building that's never used except for getting a key for your office. The General
0: Services building? Yeah, yeah that, like that one. That, that that's used a lot. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, but that's not, not even a busy intersection. It's not used by any students. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. I, I go in there.
1: Well, yeah, except we have people like you. That's fair. But yeah, they're putting a stoplight down. I don't really know why, but it was under construction yesterday. Oh, yesterday. No,
2: that that went up like last week Well, I know, weekend. but
1: they they were like they, they're still they hanging they were out. hanging lines yeah, yeah, yesterday yeah, yeah. and they had lantern. It's spells, not even you know, it's it not weird. even a
2: light it's not even a traffic light on a metal pole. It's just suspended. hanging from wires.
1: Yep, that's true. And, they and I don't afford understand the why. real thing apparently.
0: Anyway, check out the Spanish Grand Prix. That is a circuit track. It's not I mean they're all circuit tracks. Wow, my brain's fried. It's it's an actual dedicated track. It's not it's a street track. It's finals week, y'all. Uh, it is finals week, getting into it. So that's Formula One for you. That's all I had to talk about today. IndyCar, Formula One. Any questions on either of those two racing types?
1: Nah, it made sense to me.
0: Dollars, dollars,
1: yo. Sweet. Is it my turn?
0: It's your turn. What what are you going to be talking about, Mike?
1: Yeah, we're going to give you your weekly turtle tab because that's all what y'all want. When we last left our hero, Willens Astadio. We had found out that, unfortunately, he had pulled a hamstring um, the other weekend and ended up on the DL. He has now been on the DL for eight days, a minimum of 10-day stay on the DL. So he's been on there for eight days. Um, He's been seen out on the field pregame running and taking grounders before. So he's definitely nearing being able to return. There is no word whether they might send him to a AAA rehab assignment before they activate him from the DL. But he is he is nearing a return. I would expect Willens Astadio to be back from the DL here within the next week. So hopefully next, well not next week. Because again we're not coming to you next week. But in two weeks hopefully we'll have more statistics about Willens Astadio. So you should look up to uh, satisfy your Willens Astadio cravings for the week. You should look up the video of Willens Astadio scoring from first on a double. And watch him on. It's pretty comical. Or just look up a Willens Astadio highlight compilation. That would be fun, too. You should look up some Willens Astadio stuff to keep you sane here this week. That's all I got on him this week, since, you know, he didn't play in any games.
2: Yeah. So, obviously, that is our uh, uh the segment that means the least in this podcast. Wow, uh, so I keep now we're, all
1: the segments that mean the least. Now we are...
2: Moving on to an MLB segment, which actually means way more than that. Uh, So in the MLB this week, the uh, so an update for the Royals. uh, If anybody's curious, they scored a lot of runs, uh, but didn't win very many games. They only won three. Uh, They're still looking for their first road series win of the year. Uh, But outside of that, Kelvin Gutierrez Uh, is off to a very nice start. He was called up nine games ago and has made nine major league starts since. Uh, He started in all nine of those games, obviously, and he has 10 RBIs in those games. Uh, He had a four-hit game on Saturday, and so far he has one home run and a couple extra base hits, so he's hitting uh, pretty well, uh, seeing the ball really well, and asked in a post-game press conference the other day, uh, what's the difference between Uh, the minor leagues and the major leagues, he said, nothing really, just experience. Uh, So he's handling it pretty well. Uh, Hunter Dozier continues to hit well, and he's so far uh, throughout the year, one of the uh, hottest hitters in the American League, uh, mainly behind Mike Trout, uh, and Austin Meadows before he landed on the DL, the outfielder from Tampa Bay. Uh, but so far, Hunter Dozier ranks in the top five in most of the hitting categories for in the American League and in all of Major League Baseball right now. Uh, he's hitting the ball phenomenally, and he's been a great uh, he's been a great DH for the team so far this season. Even though he plays third. He used to play third base quite often until we called up Kelvin Gutierrez. Uh, so far, or well, I guess yesterday, the Royals scored 15 runs on 19 hits. Uh, the Tigers were not able to keep them on off base as they allowed 19 hits and 10 walks. So uh, at least 29 Royals players reached uh, on the day in one. That was just in one game. Uh, and eight players on the team had a hit in an RBI on Saturday as well. Uh, obviously, we wish this run support could be spread out a little bit more rather than all in one day, as the Royals have had three of such type games so far this season, scoring more than 10 runs uh, in a game, but not able to spread that out at all. And they had a tough series uh, finale in Detroit. They pitched and played pretty well most of the day. Uh, they tied it on a Hunter Dozier um, opposite field home run uh, to tie it up at two all in the eighth inning, top of the eighth inning. Uh, But in the bottom of the 10th, they were walked off by the Detroit Tigers. So that was an unfortunate end to a uh, very short road trip. Um, Looking ahead, they have a tough series uh, as they travel to Houston, uh, but then they are back to Kansas city to host the Phillies. So two, very good teams that they are facing in the this next week ahead.
1: All right. So we've now learned about the dregs of the uh, AL Central. So now we will get an update on the top of the AL Central. The Twins probably faced the uh, toughest week of their schedule for the entire season this week. It started off with four games at home against the Houston Astros, where the Twins were able to take three of those four games. With Monday night especially being a heck of a game, a real pitcher's duel, Jake Odorizzi out Justin Verlander. The Twins uh, ended up taking that game on Monday 1-0 on a home run by A-Ray Adrianza. Just the fact that you've probably never heard of him, and some of you probably haven't ever heard of Jake Odorizzi, should uh, indicate how big of a win that was for the Twins. To come back and win that game was... Uh, was quite, or not to come back, but just to be able to win that game, beat Justin Verlander, one of one of the best pitchers in baseball, was a huge win. And then uh, they managed to take games three and four of that series as well with Martin Perez and Jose Burrios pitching well to give us a couple of wins there. And then our an award for taking uh, three out of four from the Astros was a weekend trip to Yankee Stadium where going into the weekend, the Twins had lost uh, eight of excuse me, eight of their last nine games at Yankee Stadium. So that was it's a nice reward for getting to beat Houston. The Twins did manage to win a game at Yankee Stadium, but only one. Uh, they got, I they lost 7-3 to three on Friday, and then they uh, handled the Yankees pretty well on Saturday, where it was nice to see them finally uh, have the bullpen hold a lead and get a win at Yankee Stadium. And then in an a Eight inning rain shortened game. You heard that right. Eight inning game. The Twins lost again on Sunday. So overall, going four and three in that, uh, this week against that stretch of schedule is actually really well. Going above 500 against teams like that is really impressive. So that was really fun to see. Um, throughout this week, the Twins have been da- dancing back and forth with, ha- with having the best record in baseball. Currently I believe they have the second best record in baseball with the Rays holding a half game lead for the best record in baseball. But before this week the last time the Twins had the best record in baseball was back in September of 2010. So it's been a long time since the Twins have uh, have been this good. So, or at least the best record in baseball with a with a significant enough number of games played for it to be relevant because you know, if they go 1 and 0, that's, you know, de facto best record in baseball cuz you know that's the best anybody can be but anyway I digress. Um so that's been fun to see it's interesting. I mean it'll be interesting to see how they can do this week. This upcoming week they've got um the Toronto Blue Jays and Detroit Tigers so a much easier week than they had last week. Hopefully they can pick up uh pick up a good num five more wins out of six games here maybe. I know they play a doubleheader on Saturday. So pick up maybe five out of seven or six out of seven and continue uh playing real good baseball here down the stretch with a two-game lead over the uh, Indians in the AL Central. But my biggest takeaway from the Twins this week was Martin Perez. He has pitched really well since joining the Twins starting rotation in the second week of the year. I've been really impressed with how he's pitched, and after how awful he was last year, it's been really good to see. The Twins must have found something. Their analytics and pitching department must have found something that they've... uh, been able to fix because he has just been almost unhittable since joining the Twins rotation. So hopefully that's a long-term thing that he's fixed. Hopefully for the Twins it is, but we'll have to see. So Martin Perez, your Twins player to watch this next week in his next start, which will probably come on Monday. I think he's scheduled to start on Monday. So that'll be something to watch. Wyatt, you want to update us on the
0: Cubs? Yeah, we'll, t- we'll take you out of the AL Central and into the NL Central, where the Cubs are now number one in the division. They surpassed the Cardinals after a week full of sweeping, where we uh, swept the Marlins in a uh, or the Mariners in a two-game series, and then the Cardinals at Wrigley in a three-game series. With a uh, two two things coming out of that Cardinal series, which I think was really cool. Number one, Taylor Davis brought up from AAA Iowa uh, after Victor Caratini broke his left hand against the Pirates a few weeks ago hit his first major league home run as a grand slam, a tying grand slam against uh, the Cardinals in game two, which was great. And then Javi Baez went out and did the Javi thing and hit a homer to give the Cubs the win in that game, which was nice. Um, second, Kyle Hendricks got a Maddox. It's an unofficial stat. I think it should be an official stat. He, uh, it was... How do I want to phrase this? He pitched 81 pitches. A complete game in 81 pitches, and it was a shutout against the Cardinals. It was awesome. Cubs are hot. We're going to be playing a three-game series against the Marlins and a three-game series against the Brewers all at Wrigley this week. It's it's a good week. It's a good month to be a Cubs fan. Kicking butt.
1: Yeah, the yeah. Cubs... The Cubs have definitely been playing well, and that's really contributed to the uh, wackiness of the NL Central. We've been keeping you informed on that here. And like Wyatt said, the Cubs are now in first place. The Cardinals had the best record in baseball at one point this week. I think it was probably Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, that they had the best record in baseball. That was before the uh, Cubs swept them for three-strike games, and now the Cubs are back in first place in that division. The Brewers were on a downward spiral until this weekend when they uh, swept a series from the Mets. Christian Jelic came back from his stiff back and hit a home run uh, in Sunday's game, a big three-run home run in Sunday's game to help the Brewers get the win. The Pirates and Reds are back to being what they expected, and that's not good. Granted, the Reds did hit back-to-back-to-back home runs on uh Three pitches against Jeff Samarja of the Giants um, on Sunday. So that was pretty cool. But other than that, neither of those teams are playing good baseball recently. And like we thought, neither of those teams are going to be relevant. So it looks like the NL Central is turning back into the three-team race we thought it would between the Cubs, Cardinals, and Brewers. It'll be interesting to see, especially with the Cubs-Brewers series coming up next weekend. That's probably the series to watch
2: this week. Another player from the Reds to actually mention is Luis Castillo has been pitching phenomenally for a horrific ball ball club. Uh, He has had, he has sported a sub two uh, ERA for that team since dating all the way back to the beginning of last September. And he's been pitching really well uh, with a sub, I believe 2.5 ERA since last all-star break uh, so that is a pitcher to potentially watch for a team who is making a push uh, for the playoffs if they try and go out and uh, snag him as someone to help bolster a uh, rotation uh, looking forward into the future as, the, as trades will continue to uh, happen earlier and earlier in the year um as they can't go into august has that been implemented this year or is that next season
1: there will be no august trades this year but uh luis castillo is not going to be a trade candidate for the reds he's under team control till 2024 there's no way he's going to be a trade candidate for the reds he's going to be the centerpiece as they try to rebuild not a trade candidate okay well
2: i didn't know that part but he's been pitching phenomenally for them for a horrible team so
1: this year he's got a he's three and one with a one point 5.4 ERA. 1.45 ERA, sorry. So yes, he has been phenomenal. Kyle's correct about that. He is incorrect that he will probably be trade bait. Well, they would get a haul, but I don't think they're going to try to move him when he's got that much team control left. But yes, he has been pitching well. Um, And the other team we've been following because of their horrendous start has been the Boston Red Sox. They actually had a good week. This is probably the first week they've had this year that you could say is actually a good one. They got... Crawled all the way back up to one game under 500. here now after the first week in May.
2: Chris Sale got his first win.
1: Yup. So things are starting to turn around for the Red Sox. We'll see if they will continue on that forward trajectory or if they may uh, end up going backwards again. But it'll be interesting to see if the Red Sox can make themselves themselves relevant again. But they have seen the biggest drop in their postseason chances of any team from the beginning of the year. So it will be interesting to see whether they keep climbing or go back to falling. The
2: door is certainly open in the AL East. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays are obviously playing super well, led by Tyler Glass now, who is looking like the best op- or acquisition that the Rays could have gotten. He's also sporting an ERA under one, uh, one and a half. But for right now, the door is open because the Yankees continue to – land more and more players on the injured list, as it was just uh, confirmed today that Luis Severino will not pitch until after the All-Star break, and their other top-of-the-rotation starter in James Paxton will now be out at least three weeks um, after receiving a cortisone shot in his knee. He has apparently been bothered by his left knee the entire season so far but apparently it has become too painful as he was pulled from his last start against the twins uh, this weekend. So James Paxton has also been landed or has also landed on the aisle joining the likes of John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Hicks, and pretty Aaron much Judge. every everybody else on the on the roster for the Yankees except Luke Voigt.
1: Yeah And uh, yeah, just talking about the ways. Since you mentioned them, the Ways have actually only played four games against teams above 500, so their schedule hasn't been necessarily strong. So as they play, uh, go to play some teams that are better, we'll have to see whether they can keep up their strong play or not as they start to play teams that are above 500.
2: And it's looking as if Blake Snell might have some, uh, some fallout after winning the American League Cy Young Award last season, He has, in his last two starts after coming back from fracturing his toe, as we mentioned uh, with our strange but true baseball injury a couple weeks ago by dropping a granite countertop on his foot, he has been rocked in two consecutive starts against the Royals. So not a great team to be rocked by if you're a former AL Cy Young Award winner. But speaking of the aforementioned Strange But Two baseball injuries, in another uh, rendition, we have a uh, player who was actually talked about earlier uh, on this episode, on this podcast, Martin Perez. In 2017, he fractured his elbow right before the season, uh, right before spring training, after being scared by a bull in Venezuela. So what happened is he went home, uh, to his ranch in Venezuela and on December 11th, he fell on his elbow and fractured it after he was startled by a sudden movement by one of his bowls that he owns. He immediately underwent surgery and he had a four month recovery time, which took him into April, which lost him uh, at least the first two to two and a half months of the 2017 or 2018 baseball season. And there is your, Interesting. there is your uh, this week's um, edition of strange but true baseball injuries.
1: Interesting. Does not it mean it's time for my segment about the most exciting part of the week, learning about rules? Well, the most yeah, most exciting a part. What? No. But it, it, it's been the most exciting it, no. part of my week.
2: I mean, it looks Dead like week, y'all. It looks like you're doing something related to spring, and I feel as if you might be a little upset about a game that. Ended in eight innings today because um, no. the Twins lost to the Yankees? I mean, I'm
1: not upset about it. The Twins weren't going to come back and win that game. They weren't going to score off uh, as well as Chapman. They weren't going to score three runs That's off fair. Chapman in the ninth.
2: Well, people people don't think that they could score off Kenley Jansen except somebody hit a pinch hit walk-off grand slam against him today. So
0: Yeah. What's the rule that you're going over, Mike?
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk about the rules with rain delays and um, when a game would be... Um, Postponed and cancelled, versus um, and like versus a game that would be start that you started and would have to start over, or a game that you'd pause and continue at a later date, or a game that happened with the twins today where they just you know declared over after eight innings. So here's the rule: for it to be considered an official MLB game, it has to go at least five innings. So if you start a game and you get less than five innings into the game, and then it has to be called for the uh, for rain it's as if the that game had never even started all stats are erased everything's erased as if it never even started and the game would be started o- started over from the first inning at the makeup date whenever it would be
2: so correct me if i'm wrong that like that's essentially in accordance with the rule for a starting pitcher being eligible for a win in a game the starting pitcher has to go 5 innings right
1: i mean it's the same Number, I don't know if there's any correlation between that, but yes. Yeah, so you have to go at least five innings to have a full game. So if you're over that five-inning mark and the game has to be canceled because of rain, there's two options. Or, and the game has to be stopped for that day because of rain, there's two options. If the two teams are tied at the time and the game has to be stopped for the day because of rain, they will resume the game from where it was left off at a later date. And this is where you could get some interesting things happening like uh, you had last year with the Nationals where uh, Juan Soto hit uh, a home run before his Major League debut because the, Nat- the Nationals had this situation where they had a game suspended because of rain and picked up like two months later. And he wa- Juan Soto was not on the Major League roster when the game or the original date of the game but then was added to it before the game finished, and then he hit a home run in the um, make-up part of that game. It did weird things. But so if you've played more than five innings and you're still tied, you will continue the game on a later date from the point where it stopped. If um, it is not a tie, if a team is winning – then the game will just be declared over with the winning team being awarded the win, as would happen in the Twins and Yankees game on Sunday. The game was called after eight innings, and the Yankees won it 4-1. to one. You don't see these things happen, but you do see them probably half dozen to a dozen times a year across baseball. So it's a good thing to be aware of and just keep an eye on, especially in April and May here as rain showers and all-day rainstorms become uh, a common thing. So that's what you know about rain delay rules i hope that was informative and will help you with your baseball watching experience this year i have some fun facts related
0: to that rule you just brought up yeah what do you got and i'm really happy you talked about that because it spurred the idea the last time a protested game was upheld was in 2014 it was the cubs playing the giants at wrigley and it started to rain it was after the after the fifth inning whatever cubs were up two i think it was two to zero at the time and it was raining really hard, but it was, it was a, short, a short rain spurt. And the grounds crew didn't deploy the manual tarp in a timely manner, so the field was completely unplayable. Uh, the umpires ended up just calling the game and giving the Cubs the win, for which the Giants then protested uh, to the MLB, saying, hey, you know, the, the grounds crew, they're the ones who messed us up, we should be able to replay the game. And the MLB was like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. So that was the first game in 30-some-odd years that was actually upheld. Uh, the protest was actually upheld. The one prior to that, I think, was the, the Kansas City uh, pine tar incident, I George think.
1: But pine tar incident. Yeah, I think yeah. that was it.
0: I'm not totally for sure that's true. But the last time a game was suspended and uh, uh, not made up but continued to play, I guess, at Wrigley, was in 1987 I don't remember who they were playing. I want to say it was the pirate. I don't know who they were playing. I want to say it was the pirate, so I'm not totally for sure. And they had to stop the game and replay it the next day because it got too dark. Because at the time, Wrigley didn't have lights in the field. Do you guys know when Wrigley had lights installed in the stadium? It
1: was the, the 1990s, wasn't it?
0: No, it was August 8th, 1988. You can remember that because it was 8 8 8 August 8th, 1988.
1: What does that have to do with Wayne Delays?
0: Uh, the rain delay was the protest thing, and then I said the last time that a game was uh, played, like the next day, it Wrigley really was the, the lights. Th- there was a connection, I promise.
2: So that was an extremely yeah. long flowchart that started to curve a it little did, bit but left, it, it like was a racetrack.
0: It, <laughs> it was still connected. It's okay. So it's did, okay. We,
2: did we now get back to the starting line?
0: We're back to the starting line. and Does I think, that
2: mean we can proceed to our accountability session? Yeah,
0: we'll take a quick pit stop. Okay. and go into Write That Down Prediction segment. Mike, hold yeah. us accountable.
1: Yeah. So before we go into the accountability session for this week, I just want to talk about a few things with our batting average and slugging percentages. So no, you're not getting an update this week. Half because um, I don't want to give you one this week, and half because even if I wanted to give you one, I didn't have enough time to put it together. So you've got that. But um, So basically, since... Um, we are ending season, unofficial season one of the 8311 cast here with this episode. When we pick back up in two weeks, you will get your final results for season one of the 8311 cast. Write that down predictions. So you'll get your final batting average and slugging percentages for the four of us in two weeks. With that being said, the predictions that we do for this week um, will now be quote unquote season two predictions. So we used for season one predictions, we were saying they had to happen by graduation. That's why you were seeing so many of our predictions being like by graduation, such and such will happen, because we were trying to keep uh, keep them all in season one. Now though, you can make another season one prediction if you'd like, but uh, they could extend to season two. With that being said, we will start with our accountability session. Our first prediction to come off the board was one from Kyle. Predicted the, the Mariners would be leading the AL West at the end of April. Houston was leading the AL West at the end of April, despite the Twins uh, beating them once there at the end of April. So for I that, came Kyle to within a, a half a nah, game. Nah. Uh, Next nah. prediction to come off the board was that the Indians would be in third place in the AL Central after April. That was predicted by me. They were in second, not third. So I get a nah. nah. Next off the board was from Josh that said the Brewers would be ahead of the Cubs by the end of this week. Uh, The Cubs did a nice sweepy-sweep of the Cardinals and are in first place, so that is a... Uh, Wyatt had his weird prediction at the end of the last episode of 83-11 cast that Wilson Contreras would win that game for the Cubs. That game ended up going 16 innings. We stopped recording in the 10th. That game went 16 innings. Um, Wilson Contreras almost stole home in that game. In the 13th inning, he almost stole home with two outs. Oh, my God. I almost got my prediction. And then, But he got it, thrown yeah. out. And the Cubs did end up winning, but not because of Wilson Contreras. Nope. So for that, why I could say...
0: Man, I almost got that, though. That was close. That was, that close. was very close. When I saw him take off from third, I was like, all my hopes and dreams are coming true. And then he got tagged. That was a good game. Sorry, continue.
1: Our last one coming off the board this week was one from Kyle said Portland would beat Denver in five games. Um, Mathematical it's still, impossibility. Right. Portland can still beat Denver, but since, you know, Denver's already won two games, there's no way that Portland can win four games in five games when Denver's already won two games. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. All right, Kyle, you want to lead us off with our predictions for this week?
2: All right, so at Alberto Mondesi, will have two more triples by next week. I guess either Saturday or Sunday, by the end of next week.
1: Two triples? Two triples. How many triples does he have this year? He
2: currently leads the majors with six.
1: He has six triples in five weeks of baseball, give or take? Yes.
0: Triple. Triple, I'll give you a triple
1: for a triple. Yeah, triple for a triple, just because it sounds good. And that will still be in season one, so this will get factored into Kyle's batting average and slugging percentage for season one. Wyatt, what do you got for this week?
0: Say the Cubs will not lose a game um, from now until graduation, so they will. Well,
2: they're playing the le- the they- the Major League Baseball's worst team for three games, the Marlins, yep.
0: and then the Brewers. Okay, it'll be a two. We'll play the Brewers twice, right? Friday and Saturday, and then we graduate on Saturday.
1: Right. So, so essentially, does Saturday we'll, we'll beat count? the
0: Brewers. Uh, what does- time is the game? Let me check the game time. One second. Uh, do some filler content. Sing
2: a song. Well, or something. I mean, so you graduate super early right, in the morning. You, you so graduate
1: at nine y- o'clock, right? And we graduate at three o'clock.
2: So are we going off our graduation
1: time? Well, let's see what
0: time the game is on Saturday. It's at two twenty p.m.
1: So that game Willow won't count. By the time Kyle I w- and I walk across the stage, that might be done.
0: Um, I would. It it depends. Well, I don't know if I can say that out loud. I, what I want to say is that if it affects the outcome of what you would give me, I think that matters. If it's not going to affect the outcome, I, it doesn't matter if that game counts or not.
2: Does
1: that, like, I'll give you a triple either way, I think.
2: Yeah. I'm okay. leaning towards that. Okay. So, clarification on my prediction then. Do I get through Sunday or do I get just to Saturday?
1: You get through Saturday. Through
2: sat- okay. Through Saturday. All right. Yeah.
1: All right. What do you got, Mike? I've got a... Uh, Special two item baseball parlay prediction here. <laughs> first part of that is that the t- Twins will win the American League Central. That's part one. Part two is that the Royals will finish last in the AL Central.
2: Okay, that one's going to happen. <laughs> so, but the first one, I don't think. So, home run.
0: Who do you think is going to knock off the Twins?
2: The Indians.
0: I I'm still not still I'm not on that, that the, train. I
2: still I still think that with it's, what offense? So triple then try I say triple. I no I was leaning towards a triple. I don't think just, it's a home you run. You just took me took me out of a home run.
0: I Sorry. don't think it should
1: be a home run. So
0: I definitely don't think it should be a home run. I think triple's a little. Generous we
1: definitely too, have
2: gipped him out but, of home runs this uh, year. Though you
1: me out of a lot of bases this year. Uh, eh, not really. I think Okay, it was, I just think, we've all just think of me as, uh,
2: as Alex Gordon with a really strong arm from the outfield, holding you at bases.
0: What? I see what he did there. I mean, I did too. But what? Why? <laughs> also, that was a weird metaphor.
1: No, it was a good metaphor. I like it. I didn't like it. Okay, the baseball
2: guy said it I, was a good metaphor, I, so you're done. Why? It's also a baseball
0: the, guy. The, the Drew Carey of the A311 cast does not agree. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, yeah, but you make up all the stupid rules.
0: No, Stupid what? Rules is my <laughs> that, that's segment. segment. What is wrong with you, Kyle? Do you I'm even just, know what's going on? I'm just on? trying
2: to throw this podcast into anarchy because we're recording at 1120 at night for our final 8311 cast of season one. It is quite late. It is, it also, is
1: quite late. Also, Josh is already gone. He's already left. He's abandoned us. He's who knows what. Well, we,
2: we closed his door so it would be a little bit more realistic right now. So I I, I
0: can't tell if he's here or not. He's you not. Might,
1: uh, so we have no prediction from Josh. So I think that's the end of our that down. Hey, hey, shush.
0: So yeah, uh, we so have all our predictions, in. in. that's my line. I was though. just queuing you so in. So now oh, that all of our predictions line. are, <laughs> stop! I'll mute your mics. I have the buttons
2: to do that. We'll just talk loud enough that you, we can be heard in your mic. Yeah, <laughs> probably.
0: So uh, as both Mike and Kyle were trying to say, now that me, Mike, Kyle, and Josh isn't getting prediction, have our predictions in. That means that we're at the end of the write that down segment, which also means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening to episode 30 of the 8311 cast, the podcast that brings you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Check in with us, not next week, but the week after that for episode 31, where we'll be coming at you with some more sports. But until then... Signing off for the 8311Cast for the last time in 8311 Studios. We have your hosts... Kyle Mersh.
1: Mike Ludwig.
0: And Wyatt Teeter. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the 8311Cast. We will talk to you two weeks from now. Until then, go Cyclones.
1: Go
2: Cyclones. Go Cyclones.